Hey friends, we are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One with Friends podcast. Llewellyn and I have both had crappy days, so we're going to hopefully make our lives a little bit better with this episode and share it with you. So Llewellyn's got a headache. I have car issues. What is our life? Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're a ball of joy today we're just a ball of joy today it's fantastic so we're gonna go ahead and just jump in the episode because we know we have to do it and we're choosing to do it with gladness so why don't you hop into the episode recap and we'll get going yeah so today we watched season seven episode 19 titled the one with ross and monica's cousin which originally aired on april 19th 2001 this was written by Andrew Reek and Ted Cohen, directed by Gary Halverson. When Monica and Ross's alluring cousin visits, her irresistible beauty causes serious distractions for all the men who meet her, and Rachel and Phoebe try to rush their plans for Monica's shower. Yeah, so in the soft open, Joey joins the girls in the cafe and they ask about his audition and he said he had a great audition. He thinks he's going to be a really big movie star and that the movie seems right up his alley based on his description of it being an Italian family immigrant, you know, and all the stuff. It just seemed very much Joey. And in the middle of this conversation, he gets a call from Estelle that they loved him and they want to see him again tomorrow. And then she asks if he has a problem with full frontal nudity. He is a little bit apprehensive and he says that he'll have to call her back. And then he starts this conversation with the girls on he's a little bit apprehensive about it, doesn't know what to do. Should he do it? And so that kicks off Joey's storyline and our soft open for the episode. You know, for the kind of guy that Joey is, I really I really like that they took not that I, and I'm not saying I like the storyline because I don't care for the storyline, but mm-hmm. I like that they made Joey have like certain like morals and standards here. Like he didn't just automatically say like, yeah, of course I'm fine with that. Like he took the time to think about it and it's like, what is, you know, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? I just feel like for somebody that is like Joey's character who we hear sleeps with whoever he wants to sleep with like actually has some standards when it comes to like, okay, maybe I wouldn't be okay with that. I don't know. I just appreciated the time that they, yeah, this storyline for me was really interesting because I couldn't tell if it was character development, meaning Joey has evolved from the original character that we were introduced to, or if it was a deviation from the character that we know so much that it doesn't make sense because Near the more beginnings of the show, he was practically bouncing around the walls because he was a butt double in an Al Pacino film. Yeah. And Joey of the whole group, I almost thought you were going to say this is so not like Joey to not be totally comfortable in who he is and what he's got going on downstairs And I was about to say, I already had my, I'm in complete agreement with you, lined up, ready to talk. And then you said that. And now I'm thinking, maybe, maybe it was character development. Maybe Maybe. Joey has progressed 
But it also felt so out of the blue that I'm thinking, this feels like a deviation from Joey's norm. Because maybe we haven't seen quite the involvement that would be needed to justify this storyline. I don't know. I'd be interested in hearing what our fans or friends have to think out there because it seemed like a deviation to me. And you think like it might be, it's actually character growth, which I, I kind of, I want to believe as well, but it felt very left field for me. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm glad you brought it up. So, uh, in the main part of the episode, so we're going to start off in the apartment and the girls are talking about the upcoming, upcoming wedding. Of course, Monica and Chandler have a no sex pact happening before the wedding. And Ross says that he has going on too with every woman in America right now. (laughs) (laughs) And Monica is making up the best, uh, the guest bedroom at this moment because their cousin is coming. And Rachel comes over at the same time to speak to Phoebe. But when she pulls her aside, Monica says that they should be less obvious about the surprise bridal shower that they're throwing for her. That they were not aware that they needed to throw for her. (laughs) So this stuff, this sets up the storyline for Rachel, Phoebe, and sort of Monica as well. Because they were, they were not in the know. And... Rachel thinks that they have been planning something or Monica thinks they've been planning something and now they have to. Now they have to plan something because she's expecting it. So that sets up their storyline. Yeah, like have they never been a part of a wedding? Like, I know. I feel like Rachel would know this. Yeah, she was getting married. Right. She At the beginning of the show she was getting married. So she'd already this, had all this stuff. Yeah, this is not yeah, this is not a surprise. This should not be a surprise for her. Now, maybe she was super, I mean, she was a lot selfish when she was before the group, before the group came into her life. But maybe her sole focus was the fact that she was being thrown a party and didn't realize who it was from. But that just, it does, maybe, yeah, that to me doesn't track. Maybe, and I mean, we're throwing them out there now. But maybe like, part of Monica's like planning was like I don't want you guys to throw me anything special or outside of it I don't know and so she just assumed like Monica does the planning we're not going to do anything oh you know that's like a far stretch but like I could see that for Monica I could see that as well actually controlling every element of the wedding so much so that it leaks out into all of the like pre-wedding things too yeah yeah, that's an interesting call, though, because I think you're right. Rachel has been married before. She would know that that's what's expected of her. Interesting. So I think we do a quick commercial because we're back in the apartment. And Joey comes in and Monica asks about the movie and, like, what is he going to do? She's hyping him up and talks him into it. And he says it's a very serious film and nudity isn't really the driving thing of it so he allows Monica to talk him into it and to the point where he's excited about it and he really does think that it's going to be a classy type of nudity because it's not the main element and it's kind of the crescendo of the relationship between him and this girl it's in a barn it's so sweet they're holding each other so he's like if it's gonna happen it's gonna be tasteful and I think that's kind of his conclusion about it 
as he's making the decision. I think Monica has talked him into it in this moment. We go over to Phoebe's apartment and they are talking about when they can have the shower. But Monica has so much going on. Tomorrow and yesterday are the only options left on the calendar. And obviously yesterday doesn't work. So Rachel is freaking out because she says it's impossible. That's and, and that is impossible. She says they have two days to plan, which even that is generous for a shower happening tomorrow. When are they meeting? Before work? Are they having a conversation before they all go for work, like to work in the morning? Is right. it like a Saturday? So you have a day and a half, maybe. Showers usually yeah. happen in the mid-morning to early afternoon. Mm-hmm. Showers are not an evening thing. It's just not what happens. So they they have about 24 hours. <laughs> Yeah. Saying two days to plan is generous in the scenario. And so Rachel says that they need to make fast decisions. So they start organizing with kind of a round of like rapid fire and they start asking questions and they start giving out quick answers that they think would go well for this party. So back over at the apartment, we jump back over to Monica's. Chandler comes in talking about how glad he is. That they aren't having sex, which is laced with, obviously he's faking that statement. And it already feels weird because once again, we have an episode where Chandler comes in finally after only a, like already scenes have gone by. It's weird not seeing him in an opening scene several episodes in a row or several episodes within like close continuity with each other it just feels like we have not seen chandler well a lot. this the good thing you mentioned that this episode chandler only appears for about a minute and a half in the entire episode making it Jeez. his shortest appearance in the entire series oh my god but i couldn't Wasn't like there one no go ahead no i like was trying to find out like what what was going on during these specific episodes like was yeah. he I know that he did like rehab and different things, but I, I thought all yeah. that was like between the seasons. So I don't know if maybe he was doing like an inpatient thing during this time. And so he could only like get released for like a certain number of hours. So I have no idea. I couldn't really find specifically on okay. yeah. this episode, but this is his shortest appearance okay. in any of it them. It is definitely noticeable. Oh, yeah, for sure. So because he's saying gee, am I glad we aren't having sex? And Monica kind of agrees without actually agreeing. She's like, me too. (laughs) And Chandler proposes an option for them. He says that they, he proposes that they have a big fight and break up for a few hours. And then they technically wouldn't be breaking their band. And then they start to critique one another as in like shrill and like control freak. And, And they're trying to put like specific jabs that aren't, you can tell it's ones that they've talked about before because they're like, that's me. <laughs> and they're like about to go bounding into the bedroom. But then Monica says she can't. She can't do that because the cousin, they're going out to what, lunch together? They're going to lunch. And so yeah. the cousin comes out of the room and she pulls her hair out of her clip. And this 
slow-mo disco happens while Chandler yeah. just essentially drools over Monica's cousin. It was like it was like a scene from Baywatch. It was <laughs> like a scene from Baywatch. What is this? That is exactly yeah. what it And mind you, the the woman is gorgeous. Uh, so yeah. I get it. But Chandler could not have been more obvious. It's so funny. So we kind of continue with the storyline. We're, we're assuming the role of following down, them down the stairs and into the cafe. Because Monica storms into the cafe with Chandler in tow. And she, she says that our cousin has to stay with Ross because of Chandler. She, she has to stay with you. Chandler was being all creepy and can't do it. And so he tries to deny it. But ultimately, it's obviously not happening. Chandler was very much in the wrong. And so ultimately, Ross agrees that she can stay. He asks what she, what she looks like. And she says, do you know what Aunt Marilyn, like, you remember Aunt Marilyn? And she's like, that's who it is. And so, I mean, it's not who it is, but who yeah. she looks like. And then doesn't Chandler make a quip? I didn't I didn't put that down. I think he does, but I think Monica like shuts it down before he can like really say anything. Yeah, he's about to make a joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. Um yeah, so it's 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 ultimately it's very funny because we know that he's not supposed to be obviously fantasizing about the cousin, but now he's they're gonna shove them off on Ross. So Joey now is he's at his the studios the whatever it is we don't get like an outside view but he's essentially coming in to read for the part again but the lady says that she she tried calling him and he doesn't need to come down to, he didn't need to come down today and joey takes this exactly one way he thinks he's being rejected <laughs> for the role and starts to get a little angry he's so mad but on the way out she says, no, the director saw the take and loved it, thinks you're right for the part and wants to meet you. She says there's only one more thing. And they don't come out and say it, but it's all about circumcision. <laughs> you know, when we started this rewatch podcast, if you would have asked me, are we going to talk about circumcision on this podcast? I would have laughed and said a hard no, but here oh, we are. So no. the director wants the movie to be very authentic, so... The person playing this role needs to be very authentically not Jewish as well. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to pick up on that storyline in just another minute. We're going to bop over the cafe. He, Joey, is recapping with Monica this new development. And he you can already tell he's very down on his hopefulness. Because Joey, of course, said, yes, no problem. But... He says, that's what agents do. They tell you to lie on your resume. You always say yes. You can't ride a horse, but they ask you if you can ride a horse. You say yes, and you figure it out. This is this is not like riding a horse. No, so, no. So he has no idea what he's going to do. And when he goes, because when he goes to meet the director, he's going to have to bear it all. But Monica has another option. She decides that there might be something they could fashion to try and fake so everybody out. And what's what's shocking about this, I think, just when you're like, wait, what are we talking about? She says is it includes tape and some kind of luncheon meat. <laughs> Which, double-sided, that is 
I cannot. I cannot. It just sounds painful. It sounds just bad. For that area. Like, like if the sensitive skin and putting double side tape on the yeah, sk- it no. just doesn't sound like a great situation we're going to be working with here. Okay, so, but when she said like when she said the term grow a turtleneck, I Oh, yes, I laughed. <laughs> I was like I can't not believe she just said that. <laughs> That's so funny. I forgot about that. Yes, she did say that because she says this isn't riding a horse. This is asking you to grow a turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> Which Joey is incapable of doing. So that's not how that works. So over at Joey's place, Phoebe comes in talking about favors for the guests. It's Phoebe and and Rachel's, obviously. So they talk about favors for the guests and what would, what would, and, and like, she talks about what would take forever to put together, essentially. She says she wants individual birthstones from everybody that they could put in a bag and give to them. <laughs> they don't even have a guest list yet. And in less than 24 hours, she wants them all to have individualized birthstones. So Monica comes in to raid the fridge to make something for Joey. And <laughs> they said, oh, are you making him a sandwich? She says, no, it's more of a wrap. <laughs> I cannot with this episode. Uh, yeah. I forgot how sometimes I think maybe because of how inundated friends is in society, you kind of understand the humor on a certain level to where you can kind of predict the direction they're going sometimes. And then sometimes there's lines like this where you were just unprepared for her to say, it's more of a rap. <laughs> And it just, it got me chuckling a little bit. Yeah. So she says she'll leave now so that they could decide what to get her for a present, which once again, they didn't know they had to give her. Now, here is my question. Do you have to give the bride a present if you also threw the bridal shower? Um... I've never thrown a bridal shower, so I can't answer this accurately. Okay, let me let me paint the picture for you. You spend several months planning and organizing and stressing and contacting a bunch of people who are in a group text that don't want to be in a group text because group texts are horrible unless you choose the people that get to be in the group text with you. You're managing people saying yes or no, different elements of it. Are they going to be there the whole time? Are they going to not be there the whole time, but only pop up in certain time frames? When do you have to feed everybody versus when does everyone need to fend for themselves? You have to not only keep in mind the theme, but the time frame and everybody's PTO and the best time for the bride, obviously. And then and then you throw it and it goes wonderfully. At that point, do you feel like, oh, and also, here is my gift to you? Or are you like, my months of planning is my gift to you? What is what is your take based on this faux scenario that you have not experienced yet? <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like in that case, that would be your gift. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. I mean, I guess it, it, it really is a personal opinion, though, too. I mean, I feel like that could be a gift and it would be fine. But 
I don't know, some people are probably out there that like, no, that's not a gift. That's expected, you know? Sure. I don't know. It's the whole wedding culture is so weird now. You know what I didn't know? I'm trying to Google it, but I'm realizing that my my keywords are not finding me what I want. But separate gifts are required for the bridal shower and the wedding. Did you know that? I, I did, did not, not know, know that. that. It says, if you are invited to a shower in addition to the wedding, you're expected to bring a gift to the shower as well as a wedding gift. I've definitely been failing in that category. A hundred percent. I thought it was you get one gift and you create a shower so that you can open the gifts for people who are bringing you gifts. And then for people who right. go to the shower, they bring the gift to the wedding. Right. And I thought it was like to cut back on like the amount of things you have to take care of at the wedding. Right. And like the yeah. wedding was like a second, a second chance to like anybody who couldn't make the shower. It's like or a catch all. Didn't almost. get invited to the shower. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's shocking. Apparently we suck. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Don't invite us to your wedding because you're getting one gift exactly. <laughs> also, I'm 100% on board with the idea that I spent months planning this and corralling all of these. I herded cats, essentially, to get them to the shower. That is my gift to you. You're welcome. Yeah. Not. Okay. I think that's fair. I think it's fair, too. So anyways, Phoebe has the address book for Monica, which she slyly pulled out of her purse along with some seed money for the shower. She stole 40 bucks, which is hilarious. And also, I think this is a great callback to Phoebe's upbringing where she lived on the street and was a pickpocket um, and had to thieve her way through some situations. And I'm like, that is totally Phoebe. I, I acknowledge and accept that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Magna Doodle was very hard oh, to yeah. catch in this scene, in this whole episode, actually. Okay. Um, I tried to, like, pause it multiple times to, like, get it, but it, the only time we really saw it was, like, right when it cut to the scene, so I couldn't, like, pause it correctly without the screen being, like, very hard to see. Yeah, <laughs> So like I have no idea what the Magna Doodle was. Um, I couldn't find it on Google anywhere either, so... If you happen to know and you want to let us know, feel free. But I did not catch the Magna Doodle this time. It was the same because there's another scene where you see like the bottom portion. But okay. I was like, I don't even know what that is. So I'm not going to guess. <laughs> okay. Well, if any of y'all have better TVs with higher quality, whatever, and can pause it and it not be a mass blur bet, at the end. Let I us bet know. HBO Max, you could probably see it. I think because I'm watching it on a DVD, it's like not the best mm. quality. Yeah. I know every time I pause it, it's bad. So. It's like grainy and like yeah. hard to see. Yeah, agreed. So over at Ross's place, Cassie comes in to stay. She is very grateful. And Ross is shocked at how she looks. They haven't. She says, I haven't seen you since. Wait, what was it? Haven't seen you since you were outside. Waiting for the return of the Jedi, I think. Yes. And he says, so you did see me that night. <laughs> She's, he says, because I thought you didn't see me because so obviously she was there as well. And she completely Clearly ignored him, <laughs> ignored his presence and disowned him in that moment with whoever friends she was around, which is so funny. 
But then the same thing happens that happened to Chandler. She goes to take her hair and and the it's the same thing. The slow disco R&B slow-mo camera has happened. And now Ross has the same reaction. She even says, oh my gosh, you do a great Chandler. Meaning she thinks he's impersonating what happened to Chandler. Okay, Ross, this is your cousin. I have never been more uncomfortable in my life in this series. It's one thing for Chandler. Not related at all. Right. I'd even argue it's not an issue for me at the end with Phoebe. Not related at all. Even more of a third party than Chandler. Chandler's a fiance to the cousin, whereas Phoebe's unrelated entirely. But yeah. Ross? Yeah. Gross. I was like, dude, no. Gross, man. And it gets worse. It's going to get worse. So let's continue so that we can get to it and then past it as quickly as possible. So, so we think kind of cut a commercial again, but we're still in the apartment. And Ross is pacing behind his couch because she's eating a hot dog. And you can tell Ross was struggling through the whole thing. Whole thing. Said, the whole thing. It's so unsettling because he's so unsettled about it that I'm unsettled. Now, they talk about the last time that, that they hung out and he's still struggling. He's trying to remind himself of the real situation in his head. Right? Like. Yeah. Isn't this where he has like he has more of a monologue coming up, but he has mm-hmm. this inner monologue like she is your cousin. Yeah. Here's the real situation. And then he says. Because she says something and he's like, well, I'm slow. And then he says, just like our children would be. <laughs> <laughs> now he says this to himself, <laughs> acknowledging just the inappropriateness that is this scene. But I couldn't help but chuckle because once again, this line comes out of nowhere. And you're like, the, the writing was spot on on this episode. Honestly, it was so funny. So then we go to the party. Now, Phoebe is passing around finger foods. And they kind of meet up together, her and Rachel, and they say that they don't recognize anyone at this party. And then they find out the list might be a little outdated because when they talk to someone from the party, they find out that she was her accountant four years ago and she can't wait to find out who she's, who's been her accountant since then. So we're realizing that this might be an old, she, they might have contacted everybody, but the ones that showed up are not most likely currently in her life at all right and then as they continue talking they find out that regardless of the fact that they invited everyone no one invited monica which obviously is the most important piece so then we're gonna stop there and connect back okay joe is first off can you just talk about how much purple is in this episode like, oh, I, I, I didn't even notice. <laughs> well, the apartment in itself is purple, which is always. But like, sure. Monica was wearing a purple shirt at one point, and she was handling purple sheets for the, the guest room. And mm. I think Phoebe came in in a purple, like, there's purple in her shirt. 
And then at the party, like the theme or whatever had a lot of purple in it. Phoebe's outfit also was purple. I think like plates and stuff were purple. And I was like, could there be any more purple in this episode? <laughs> like it was just everywhere. And I don't know why I noticed it, but I just did because it was so, it was such like a vibrant purple too. It was like a lavender, like a, a brighter purple. So I'm like, this is, this is just a lot. But it was there, so I had to call it out. Well, thank you for that, because I did not notice that at all. Um, okay, yes, back over at Joy's place. Monica has brought over some prototypes. And this is the weirdest thing, I think. And it's the one where I wrote the littlest amount of notes, because it's so weird. She essentially I wrote, I have no words. Okay. Yeah. That's, that was my, also my consensus about this scene. Essentially, she brings over eight, maybe eight to 10 different prototypes. Some of them look absolutely ridiculous. I think one is like a felt rose, which makes absolutely zero yeah. sense. Another one is just fuzzy. So he takes this tray of offerings that she has brought over and he goes into the room to try them on. And he says he tried the fruit roll up and she says, oh, how do you like it? And he meant as in like ate the fruit roll up. He tried it as in ate it. Um, and then after another second, she's like, come on, Joey. And so he figures it out and he says that the silly putty worked. Which I don't even want to know the type of fashioning that you'd have to do to get it to the shape that you need it and to warm yeah. it to your body. Like, I just, nope. I, I don't want to know. Don't want to think about it. It's going to haunt my dreams, okay? So we go back over to Ross's place to catch up with the awkward situation happening over there. They're watching a movie with wine and popcorn, and he's having... The inner dialogue of all inner dialogues. I think my favorite thing about Friends is Ross's inner dialogues. I will say one of my favorites because it is Ross and Chandler and Monica are in game for me. So it's like it's one of my favorite things because Ross's inner monologues are always just slightly left of center. <laughs> They're just <laughs> you. He's always struggling with himself in a way that just makes you question just who he is as a human. So yeah. he's talking to himself and. He, he talks himself into thinking that she's into him. He is the one. She's the one that suggested wine. She's the one that suggested the movie with the lights off. Logan's Run. Why wouldn't you? Like, it, uh, it's so obvious if she picked Logan's Run. And then he convinces himself up to the point where he goes in hard for so a kiss. So hard. And she backs up just as hard. It is the the choreography of this scene I can really appreciate because he goes in so fast and she backs up just the exact right amount to where they don't somehow smash faces. She is like shocked. And when he finally speaks, because his inner dialogue continues, she's like, what are you doing? And so he keeps telling him, like, say something, say anything. Okay, this has gone on so long that no matter, like, whatever you have to say can't be worse than this silence. It can't be worse than what happened. And so, of course, what does he do? When he finally speaks, he says he hasn't had sex in a really long time. <laughs> yeah, insert foot mouth. <laughs> he couldn't. 
he literally couldn't have said anything worse than that. I think that is the worst thing he could have said. So we leave them in a pretty bad spot. Phoebe's place. Um, we can assume these are kind of happening simultaneously because of the timeline. Monica was helping Joey, which is why she's not at the party. So Monica comes to her own party finally, and we find the two girls sitting on the couch. And everyone is gone. They finally confess what happened. You know, we, we had a party. We didn't even invite you. And Monica kind of rallies and thinks it's really sweet. She gets to spend her shower with the people that she loves the most. And she gets to open her presence without having to talk to people she doesn't even like. And then all of a sudden, everybody jumps out of their hiding spot and says, surprise. And I forgot that that was coming. So when Monica rallied, I thought, oh my gosh, this is actually so sweet. And that sounds like the perfect wedding, like wedding shower. Get to open all your gifts with no one looking and you get to spend it with the two people you care about the most. Great. And then I'm like, how did those people hide behind those couches and her not see anybody? But regardless of that, it it was a surprise party. And 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 Monica got caught with her foot in her mouth as well. Not as bad as Ross did, but definitely no. still foot and mouth. Okay, so a couple of things. As you'd mentioned, like how did they hide? When yeah. Monica first like enters the apartment it like shows like a wide shot of the room and you can see behind the chair and there's nobody there. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I was like, there's no way someone is hiding there the whole time. Yeah. But then all of a sudden they pop up and they're there. So that's a goof. And then a continuity thing. Um, In the episode, the one with Joey's new brain, which we just talked about a couple weeks ago, uh, Phoebe tells the man who left his cell phone in Central Park that she lives at five morton street apartment 14 however when monica knocks on the door this time the door clearly shows the number 16 i just i just don't i i think i'm just confused at the lack of some of the continuity in the show like how do you just change out door numbers and decide to do that and when it happens a lot. <laughs> I know. We've talked about Ross's apartment doors for years now. I think the guys is at the very beginning, too, were, like, different for a little bit. But it wasn't very long before they settled. But it just feels like this is a common occurrence. And it feels yeah. like something very weird to change out or to not have as canon for the show. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So we're winding down the main part of the episode and we're back at the audition and Joey's stalling a little bit with the director. And then the time finally comes. He needs to bear all. And he does that. He starts to be like, yep, I know you got to see what the goods are doing. So he starts to undress himself, pulls his pants down. And for about three seconds, he's good as they're kind of observing what's in front of them. We get the shot coming from the floor up through Joey's legs into the face of the director and the casting person, I guess. And then the silly putty falls off in the middle of it. And of course, Joey makes like a small remark about it. But essentially, his chances are not great after finding out that they were duped into this scenario. So... Then in the tag scene, Cassie is now with Phoebe. This poor girl cannot find a place to settle. Um, 
she's with Phoebe, and she's like, thank you so much for, you know, letting me stay with you. And Phoebe's like, oh, no problem. And then the same thing happens to Phoebe. She was like, what, just got out of the shower, takes the towel out, and her hair's like dry and flowy yeah. and perfect, and we've got the slow-mo disco happening, and... Then Phoebe has her own inner dialogue that's like, she's not my cousin. Like, <laughs> this is fine. But I have one question for you, Llewellyn. And I don't yeah. even know if you wrote a note about this because I haven't looked at your notes. When the apartment caught fire, didn't the apartment default back to only having one bedroom after the fire, which is why Rachel couldn't move back in with Phoebe? It did. And all the... And all of a sudden now she has a guest bedroom that Cassie can stay in because it doesn't look like she's making up a space for anybody on the couch. Yeah. It definitely only has one bedroom, so I don't know where she's sleeping. Big continuity error. I think they were assuming that because when Rachel lived there, we would kind of have it in the back of our minds that there's two bedrooms again. Maybe they just made a quick decision like, eh, it's something that we'll just kind of overlook, but... As of this point in the show, that's canon. There, that is only one bedroom. They took out that middle wall that was used to create two bedrooms because it defaulted to the original yep. blueprints. Okay, glad I caught that. Woo. Okay, uh, favorite scene. Um, favorite scene. I don't know that I have a favorite scene necessarily. Just because, like, I didn't really care for the storylines in this episode. Um, but, I mean, I think just like you had mentioned, like, some of those, like, quick, like, one-liners that people were giving. I, I can't get over, like, what you can't grow a turtleneck. Um, just, like, <laughs> I died. When, like, I was laughing so hard I had to pause the episode because it, it just, like, took me. Um, so I think I'll just say some of those little, like, one-liner things because I really don't have a favorite scene. What about I you? agree with you. Um, I agree. There's, I don't think there's one scene where it just got me, but there are definitely moments where what's interesting is I laughed. It's so funny. The differences in episodes that you can have you can have episodes where the storylines are fantastic because the writing is good, the story is good, the plot is good, and the acting is – like, everything just hits. And, and you might not even laugh out loud. You might not feel anything emotionally, but there's just good episodes. And then you have episodes like this where they're not my favorite, but I will have blatantly laughed out loud several times because the moment is funny – without the episode being funny. So it is kind of hard to put it into one, but I probably think that Ross's monologue, because it's so cringy, and even the just before when he's like pacing in the back and he's like, how's your hot dog? And she's like, so good. And he's like, okay. <laughs> like he just, the fact that he cannot handle it is just, it's, it's weird how much I think it's hilarious because of how gross I find it as well. That I'm like, okay, I can't with this storyline. But also, it proved some of the funniest moments in the in the episode. So, with our, I mean, exhilarating reviews then, how would you rate the episode? I mean, I honestly would give this a Marcel. Um 
because I don't care for the storylines at all. But it did have funny moments, so I'm going to give it, you know, a little bit more than a smelly cat. Um, But, yeah, I could go without watching this episode ever again. I'm going to give it a, oh, my God, just because of the laugh, the literal laugh out loud moments. I say none of that goes for the storyline, but I think one one point for every real laugh out loud moment that I had. And I'll give it, I'll give it that. Because I think there's about three solid ones. So that fits with me perfectly. Um, post show wrap up. I am going to pass on that tonight. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, we'll just go right into recommend to a friend. So go for it. Um, yeah, so... I am going to recommend, just looking at the ones I have listed here, mm-hmm. um, this first one I have. So I I think I had mentioned a while ago I got a new job, and I can travel with this job because I work from home now. So, um, But one of the things I need for this job is like an extra monitor. Like, mm. I, I mean, I can do my job on my tablet, like on my laptop, but it just helps to have like a second screen. And um, when I first started the job, I was looking at getting like those ones that you can connect to the laptop, which and like extend it to like three screens, which are really nice. But if you don't know, they're like very expensive. So Mm. didn't really want to purchase those right off the bat. So I was just kind of looking at buying like an extra monitor that I could take with me places because I don't feel comfortable like taking my work. the, The monitors my work has like given me like two different places. Um but they're just big and bulky. So I was looking at options on around Black Friday. Like, is there any like portable monitor I could take? And um, the one that I was like really looking at actually went on a really good sale around Black Friday. So I ended up purchasing, it's just like a, a basic portable monitor off of Amazon. Um, it's called the KYY portable monitor. And it's a it's about the same size as my laptop screen. It's actually a little bit bigger, but it came. I had no idea what I what to expect when it came, but it's um, literally just like a big, like a, a screen. So if you imagine a laptop without the keyboard, it's just the screen. And then it has like one of those basic um, cases that are kind of like that you see with like tablets uh, that kind of like bend so you can stand it up in, as a stand or whatever. But um it's actually really nice. It's a good quality, like camera or not camera, uh, like screen. And it does exactly what I need it to. I literally hook it to, to my monitor or to my laptop. And then it acts as like a second screen. So when I'm traveling, I can take it places with me and it's very lightweight and, and like thin. So it just like slides behind my laptop. So I don't have to like take up a ton of space. Um, But it was on a ridiculous sale when I bought it, and I just looked again, and it's, like, half off right now. So it's an even better sale than what I got it on. Um, So, yeah, if you have a work-from-home job or you have anything you want a second screen for, like, it literally says you can connect it to your Switch if you want or, like, your phone, your tablet, literally anything that has, like, the same ports. um, And it just acts as, like, an extended screen so if you're looking for something like that i highly recommend the one that we will link 
in our show notes. Awesome. I'm going to do one that has been amazing um, the last probably month that I've been using it. Um, I I think I mentioned that I was going to buy these. Now I'm wondering, did I already promote these? Did I promote these already, Loop? No, you didn't because I'm curious. Okay. Um, I have friends who... Uh, are musicians so they do shows in Nashville um, semi-regularly I also often find myself in situations where there's loud just music available regardless um, on a pretty consistent basis I'm in an environment where my Apple watch is warning me that I have exceeded the 80 decibels and that if I do more than 30 minutes it could cause, cause like permanent hearing loss so because I find myself in that situation relatively frequently I was like here's the deal I need to invest in my ears I want to make sure that I can hear my grandkids someday and not have to deal with having hearing aids when I'm older because that is the worst and probably super isolating when you can't hear anybody but you're old and you're you know I don't know it just seemed very sad to me so I was like I'm gonna invest in my hearing um and I need to buy some like literal earplugs that aren't the squishy kind that you get at concerts that you have to like fit and mold in your ear. I want something nicer than that. So I had seen, um, actually what was interesting is I had seen a promotion for it at one point on Instagram. It kind of flew across my screen. So I knew about them, but there was this one time I was actually at one of my friend's shows and one of the girls around me, I noticed, I noticed it in the moment. I don't know how, cause it was super dark in that room, but she had dropped one on the ground and it landed near me so I reached down to grab it to give it back to her and I noticed, okay, I think those are those are earplugs. And so that night after having been in that show for a couple of hours with three different bands because you're trying, you know, I want to support my friends, um, but it's freaking loud in there and they're not, if they're not going to protect their hear- my hearing, then like I'm going to do it. So I finally that night started like doing some research. Now I'm not going to like get super deep into the research because I didn't do a lot of it meaning like I'm not going to try and find out like oh what's the best ones what's the, I just wanted something that was like didn't look like squishmallows in my ears was also a little kind of trendy kind of looked like maybe jewelry-esque without actually being jewelry obviously because it's not um to protect my ears so I found this brand it's called loop there's three different styles that you can get there's ones that are for lower decibel situations where maybe you just want to be able to focus a little bit more. There's all the way up to, like, they're called um, loop experience, where those are the ones that are protecting you from the higher decibel ones where they take, um, they can take up to 18 decibels off of what's happening around you. And in the situations that I've worn them in so far, it is night and day, I think, for my ears every time because I'll often be in a situation where I'm hearing the music as well as I have like an MD in my ear a music director for those of you that don't know what that means in my ear giving cues to the musicians so that also is loud because they're overcompensating for the fact that it's loud in the room so it's just all in my ears at the same time so it cuts down all the background noise too, which is really interesting because not only do I want it to take off the top 
of like the highest decibels, but I also want it to take away all of the distracting noises. And it does such a great job with that. Every time I take my earplugs out at the end of the day when I'm about ready to leave, even though people are still in the room, it'll sound really quiet. And then I'll take out my ear, like my earplugs and I'll realize how loud people are just as they're talking to each other. And I realize how much noise it actually cuts down on. So I have it where I added in the extra little um, thing to take off like even more decibels. So I think I think 18, 18 or 23 is the max. I can't remember which one, but it's a lot of decibels off. I feel like I'm doing a great service for my ears um, being in those loud environments. I'm not embarrassed to wear them because they're actually nice as opposed to just squishy and I don't feel like I'm a grandpa trying to save his hearing. But I also realize that like I that is something that I want to preserve because once you lose it, you can't get it back unless it's artificial. So loop earplugs. If you find yourself in environments, honestly, they're not that expensive. I got them on Black Friday, even on sale. But even outside of that, they're not that expensive to invest into your hearing. So if you find yourself in environments constantly where, you know, you've got a, a, a smartwatch warning you about decibel um, over usage or you just want to be able to quiet, you know, like, have your life be quiet around you when you're in certain situations. And I highly recommend loop earplugs to a friend. I got the ones that are silver metallic because all my jewelry is silver metallic. So I figured if it's going to be my ear, it might as well look like kind of ear jewelry esque and it's been fabulous. So highly recommend to a friend. Did I convince you Llewellyn? I mean, I've seen, I've seen, or I've seen like reviews on people wearing them on airplanes just because Mm. airplanes can be so loud. Um, it can be loud. I haven't tried it on an airplane, to be fair. Yeah. Um, I mean, I imagine it would be similar. But, um, yeah, no, I've I've thought about it. Even, like, I, some people sleep in them because it can be yeah. loud down here. Sometimes I live right off of a main road. So, yeah, people have mentioned I've thought that. about that. Some of the lower ones, like the ones um, – mine is for the highest because like, if I'm going to pay right. for it, I'm going to get the one with the most decibels off. So it serves its purpose. But what's interesting is I can still hear people talking if they're talking right to me. Like, it doesn't completely mute everything. It just brings down the noise, and it takes away yeah. distracting noises. So even though I have my headphones on, and I'm hearing the MD in my ear, and I also have my loop in, and I, there's also music, if the person next to me, like, and mind you, I might have to do, like, a tiny bit of lip reading, but, like, I can still hear them really clear so it's not like it mutes you away from the world. It just does help to cut down on the noise. So I can't wait to be able to use them on a plane because that'll be fantastic. Usually I use my noise-canceling AirPods because I'm listening to music or a podcast or something. But when those die out and you're or you're sleeping overnight on a flight or something, like I can't wait. So anyways, loop. Loop experience. Get it. Recommend it. Next week, we are going to cover the one with Rachel's big smoocher. Big kiss. (laughs) Yeah, so we'll catch you guys next week on the Mom and Friends podcast.